get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, Get into Dobbs. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie, off and running on a Monday morning with Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson. I just did that. Who's I'm running? Brandon Kylie. Let's talk now to Katie Wu, the Cardinals the insider for The Athletic. You should follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. She's joining us via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Katie, are you down in Miami yet? Uh, I am not down in Miami, although I am a little concerned on why you didn't introduce me twice if you're going to introduce everybody else twice. Amen to that, uh, Katie. <laughs> Not in Miami. I'm actually off the Miami series, but I will rejoin the team in Cincinnati. How do you get off the Miami series, Katie, when you were stuck in Milwaukee when it was so yeah, cold? You got Milwaukee and Cincinnati yeah. and avoided the Miami series. This seems like we're hustling backwards here. In my strongly worded email to um, both the weather and my editor, which isn't even her decision, um, <laughs> I, that's exactly what I, was, what I was getting at. But, hey, it's all good. It's early in the season, and I did just spend close to a month in Jupiter so it all balances out. Well, that ruins my intro then, Katie, because I was going to say, like, Mr. Worldwide is Pitbull. Oh, Katie God. Wu is Ms. Worldwide in Miami. Um, no, I wish. Maybe in my best dreams. But no, that's okay. <laughs> all right, Katie, let's talk about this Cardinals weekend, uh, what we saw from them. Let's start with the good, and that was Miles Michaelis and uh, Steven Matz, both of them bouncing back from their tough first starts. What did you see that worked for them the second go-around? You know, what I saw from, from Miles and Matt is a lot from what we saw um, in, in spring training. Just exceptional command, good location. I thought both pitchers really commanded their location well in their starts. And it was, you know, I think it's very easy when you are coming into a season that there are plenty of questions about the rotation. Past seasons have warranted obvious skepticism, and, and I totally understand that. So I think I understand the fan reaction to both Miles and Matt's first starts, which weren't great. However, and it's easy to overreact just based on all the situations that I just mentioned. But when you saw what they did in Milwaukee, I think that's much more indicative of, one, what we saw in the spring, and two, of what we can expect to see throughout the season. Uh, I Again, I 100% understand the skepticism regarding the rotation. It certainly doesn't help when you lose Jack Flaherty before the season even starts. But all spring, we saw Miles be pretty dominant and quick, efficient. You know, he was hitting his spots. Andrew Kisner said on about Stephen Matz the other day, that he knew Matt was going to go out there and shove because his bullpen was so good. He was hitting all his spots, hitting all his locations that Kisner wasn't even surprised that Matt was that effective against the Brewers. So I think, you know, obviously you know what you're going to get from Adam Wainwright almost every time. 
I think it's you're almost to the point where you can start penciling in some durability for Miles and some effectiveness from Steven, and the Cardinals are hoping that can carry them until Jack comes back. Well, and then the other pitcher I wanted to talk with you about over the weekend, Katie, was Dakota Hudson, because last week you told us that you're going to die on that hill with Ryan Helsley. I'm on a hill by myself dying that I feel like Dakota Hudson can turn into a legit number two starter for this team, but what did you see in his start? You know, I'm actually going to go on board with you because I did write in the beginning of the season that Dakota Hudson was my breakout candidate for this team. And as we know, boys, it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. Um, Dakota was just was struggling. He was laboring a little bit. He didn't really have any command, had, uh, especially that first inning. He didn't seem to know where the ball was going at all. Kisner didn't either. Um, but, you know, he did settle in through the through the second and third inning. Second inning wasn't as great or wasn't as bad as the first. It wasn't great. But the third inning, he did get through the heart of the order in order. So, with Dakota, I think it's more, you know, finding his feel. He was pretty frustrated after yesterday's outing, and understandably so, when he said, you know, it just took him a long time to get settled in, and that can't happen when he's expected to go five, six innings each start. Obviously, three is not going to cut it in any situation. So you have to remember, these guys are coming in off a very short spring. Dakota didn't really pitch all of 2021, minus those two appearances coming back from Tommy John surgery. Sometimes it takes a little while for these guys to get fully comfortable um, but, you know, I, I'm not ultimately that worried about Dakota Hudson yet. Just like I don't think we should overreact over a bad start from Miles and a good start from Miles, a bad start from Matt and a good start from Matt. I don't think we should overreact too much on a poor start from Dakota. We're talking to Katie Wu of The Athletic here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Katie, if we're sticking with the theme of the starting rotation, the one guy that is technically a starter that has not yet made a start is Jordan Hicks. It sounds like that's the plan for Thursday's game down in Miami. Can you uh, relay some of what you've heard from the Cardinals on what's gone into the decision-making of when or if he will make these starts? Yes, when or if. I actually have a running joke in the press box that I don't know who starts the game first for the Cardinals this year, Jordan Hicks or Jack Flaherty. <laughs> but um, with with Hicks, you know, I think the weather in, the, uh, in St. Louis during the homestand certainly didn't help things. But the Cardinals are so cognizant about Jordan. They value him so highly that they're prioritizing his schedule and his throwing program and making sure he is really set up for success, knowing that they have four other pitchers, and yes, I am including Dakota in this, that they can count on and rely on that are durable, that can give them length. Um, so it's more about scripting almost appearances for Jordan in relief when the situation calls for it to keep him on his throwing his throwing schedule. So like yesterday he pitched two innings that could essentially be considered a side session on a regular like starter schedule. It's a very unorthodox way of looking at it, but that's kind of how the Cardinals are approaching it. You know, the schedule to keep Jordan on is of the biggest importance. Um, obviously they're not going to bump Adam Wayne right an extra day. They're going to keep Adam Wayne right on his regular schedule as well. But when they're maneuvering the rest of the rotation, keeping Jordan on a strict throwing program takes precedence. So he will start at some point, whether that's Thursday, whether that's Friday in Cincinnati. It should be along those lines. Um, luckily for the Cardinals, they're playing another dome stadium, so weather shouldn't be a factor again. Um, and, and we'll see what, what Jordan can do there. But, you know, now I think what we've seen, two very effective outings from Jordan. He's a foreign, you know, stretched out probably where he could go about three to four in his first start. But, I mean, it, it's been brief. But what he's been able to show has been very exciting. I'm just his sequencing, his command. I really found it interesting how Jordan has been able to temper his velocity and recognize when it's time to bring some extra heat, 
or when he needs to kind of bring it back, reel it back in, and pitch for location. That's been really fun to watch in those two brief outings so far. Speaking of scheduling, Katie, uh, we saw Andrew Kisner get a majority of the starts over the weekend. And, of course, Yadier Molina, he didn't get to spring training until later into it. Are we seeing this just because they're being cautious with Yadier, or are we really starting to see the emergence of Andrew Kisner as a legit starting catcher? I think both. You know, obviously, Yachty's still going to get playing time. And, you know, did he come up in spring with as many games as the Cardinals would have liked? No. Is he going to be a 40-year-old catcher with his body appropriately reacting to that kind of workload after, you know, two decades in this sport? Of course. Um, but I think they're playing the long game here. I, Ollie, uh, Ollie Marmo went into, just into like an elaborate discussion about what goes into to Yachty's scheduling early on. And they do want to save him for the long haul. Um, and, but when they said that Andrew Kisner is going to get more playing time, they meant it. I don't think it's unrealistic to say that the two will split catching duties, especially early on, 50-50. But I do expect to see more steady rotation of Kisner in there. Um, and, and there is no way to tell just how much Yachty will play. I know that the two... Both Ollie Marmel and Yachty sat down um, and planned a schedule for the next several weeks of when he'll catch. If you're looking to watch Yachty, I would say your best chance is to pick a Wainwright start because everything else from there seems to be up in the air. Um, but I do think that we'll see a lot more of Andrew Kisner, and I think that's going to be really beneficial for a lot of reasons. Um, one, I don't think Kisner's numbers offensively last year were very fair. I don't think they're an indicative um, so an indicative summary of the type of player he can be. It's very hard to have consistent offensive success when you are not getting consistent at bats and when you are relegated to pinch hitting or, you know, a start once every three weeks because up until the season, Yadier Emily didn't take days off. So I think it'll be really good for Kisner and I think it'll be really good for the team to kind of have a, a split between the two, especially early on. Katie, final question that I have for you is I want to preface this by saying I'm not worried about this individual. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to have a really good season, and he's been everybody's breakout candidate for this year. But Dylan Carlson, in terms of the raw numbers, has had a rough start to the season offensively. Uh, meanwhile, Tommy Edmond has been excellent, especially uh, going up against right-handed pitching, which has been kind of a concern about him in the past. Do you think there's any question about whether or not maybe Edmund goes back up to the top of the order while Carlson's going through some of these struggles or do you think they would like to see this get worked out for both players where they're at right now I love baseball so much because for the last I don't know eight months everyone was was clamoring over Tommy Edmund in the leadoff spot and they got Dylan Carlson in there and now they're like but Tommy's been doing so good in the nine hole (laughs) you know I, I just I love that about baseball um and, no, I think the Cardinals are really confident in Dylan Carlson. Um, and he does have all the makings of being an effective leadoff hitter. He's a switch hitter. He's fast. He has the power. Um, but he can also hit for contact and play situational baseball. For Tommy Edmond, I think part of the reason why you're seeing so much success in him in the nine hole is because he doesn't think of it as that much different uh, in the leadoff role. You know, I was talking to him the other day, and he said, for me, the only different thing about this is that my bat and the, my first at bat in the game takes a little bit while, a little bit longer for me to get to. He said, but as far as the approach, it's essentially the same. I mean, you think of the ninth hitter now that we're playing American League Baseball in the National League. They essentially serve as a double leadoff. And Tommy was really uh, elaborate in explaining what he was doing in the offseason. You know, he wanted to hit the ball. He's trying to be more of a doubles guy. Um, he tried to increase his power. And when he's talking about power, he's not necessarily 
trying to hit home runs, though he'll certainly take it. That's obviously what we've seen early on. It's just having a more steady approach, the ability to hit the ball hard off the ground, um, and, and just kind of be a more all-around power hitter. And when you have the speed that Tommy does, if you're able to put those two weapons together, it makes you really effective no matter where you are as a double leadoff, regular leadoff, whatever. But I do think the Cardinals have something very special going on with their lineup when everyone is, is sitting on, on all cylinders. If you have Tommy Edmond in that double leadoff spot, that sets the table pretty well for Carlson, Goldie, who, yes, I know is off to a slow start, but he's off to a slow start every April. Talks to me in May. Maybe we'll get concerned. Um, and Tyler Neal, Nolan Arenado. You know, so for me, I, I think the Cardinals like where they're at with their line of construction. I think they'll, they'll keep it that way. Katie, some of us on this show have always believed in Tommy Edmond, no matter if he's against a righty or a lefty. And some others on this show believe he can only hit one side of the plate and believe he should probably stop being a switch hitter. Uh, I'll leave that up to interpretation. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. Hey, guys, I always enjoy the conversation. You always keep me entertained. I will talk again next week.